Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Man, first service was like alive, so let's try that again. Good morning. That was a little better. We'll give you 67%. Um, hey, if, if I don't know all of you, I'm Chris, uh, lead pastor at the church, and I just want to say welcome to you all. And uh, hey, a couple just really quick, huge announcements that I'm really excited in. And uh, I'm going to ask, would you just put up that last slide? Uh, here's, I just want you to be in the know. Today is our last time of doing this multiple service crap. So <laughs> how's, how's that for just being, calling it what it is? How many are excited to have everybody together again we'll keep up we'll do our distance thing but yeah all right so next week starting on the fifth if you're not up at the cabin uh come and join us uh next week at 10 30 one service and then ready for this i know hold in the excitement because the following week uh, we will have kids ministry through preschool and we will have our worship team back on the 12th so i don't know about you but i'm excited to worship together again and so uh that'll all be taking place. If you are up at the cabin next week, we hate you. Um, no, I'm kidding. We love you. We have online service now. And if you look behind you, I want you to know that some of the stuff that we've done, uh, if you look straight behind me and just wave to everybody who's watching online right now, those cameras up high, uh, we, we had took a few thousand dollars and updated things. And we just want to say thank you that we were able to do that uh, because we want to have a good online experience. We have people watching all over uh, the nation. And so next week, if you are up at the cabin, please join us at 1030. So again, next week, you'll be here at 1030. We told our 9 o'clock service to be here at 1030. And again, uh, we want to encourage everybody to follow the CDC stuff. You know, sit with your family. We'll do our best to distance. But uh, people ask me legal ramifications. Right now, we are called to be at 50% capacity and no greater. So at 100, if you're the 101 person, we have to ask you to leave. We won't do that. Um, so it's 100 in, in this area. So you'll see the sign on the exit sign. So just to keep you updated on all of that. And so I know some of you are like, follow the CDC perfectly. And then some of you are like, screw the CDC. And so what we're trying to do is uh, we are trying to go, Jesus, what would you have us do as a church? So for some reason, we think God knows better than you or me or the CDC. Um, can I hear a good amen, somebody? Come on, come on. All right, uh, so I want to ask a question here this morning of this. And, and first of all, let me just say, if you're a guest and you're visiting with us today, you're welcome, man. That's why we exist. And so we just want to ask you, man, shout it out. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy here this morning. And uh, please, we just want to be a blessing to you. And our prayer for you this morning is if you're here and you are a guest, that just the spirit of heaviness would fall and that you would be able to experience the love of Jesus that we all experience. And so that's, that's our goal. That's our hope for you. That's why we exist as a church. Now let me ask, is there anyone here, big thing, we're in this series called Knowing. Anyone here that is all-knowing? Not 
one, even my teenagers? Oh, there we go. All right. Even my teenagers didn't raise their hands. I mean, you guys are close, right? I mean, you're close. And so I, I think uh, sometimes we realize, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I know a lot and then I realize I don't. And so I want to say today that many of us, we all have different needs. We all have different wants. We all have different desires. Uh, we, all, we all are different and only God knows our innermost thoughts. You know, my wife, and, and this week we're going on 20 years of marriage come Wednesday, so we'll be married 20 years. Been married 20 years faithfully to 20 different women. Um, that's totally true. And uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Man, you guys got to get awake this morning. And so uh, we are, we're, we're going to celebrate, we're going to enjoy our time together. But even my wife, who's known me for many years, does not know my innermost thoughts. You know, and she'll even ask me, she's like, what are you thinking? I'm like, nothing. And she's like, no, what are you thinking? Come on, guys, how many know? We're not thinking anything, you know? Maybe pizza or fishing, but that's that's about it, you know? What are you thinking? Really, nothing. Now, if you ask your wife what she's thinking, you're dumb. No, okay. <laughs> you're going to get like, well, let me tell you. And, and why does it always happen right when you're trying to fall asleep? Anyway, moving on. Um, let me just ask you this this morning. If you had to guess, just shout it out, just shout it out. If you had to guess right now what food it is that I'm craving. Now, for those of you that were here the first service, it's changed, okay? If you were here the first service, I'm sorry, it's, it's different now. But if you had to guess right now what food is Pastor Chris craving right now? Just shout it out. What do you think? Pizza. Pizza, tacos. Chicken wings. What is, what, what, chicken wings shrimp what? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. You can't crave that on a Sunday. It's, it's bad news. All right. All right. That's why you crave it. That's right. All right. What, all right. So some of you are close. And so I wasn't actually even thinking about this till somebody shouted at first service. You know what? It sounds so good to me. Maple bacon cover glazed cheese curds, man. I mean, oh my gosh. Does that just not sound incredible? They're selling at the Fleet Farm in Brooklyn Park. Just FYI. All right. If you had to guess what I am most looking forward to this afternoon, what would you guess? Fishing. Fishing? What else? A nap, fishing, NASCAR? Car ride? Who said car ride? Did you listen to the first service? I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. All right, yeah. Yes, so my daughter got it right. Way to go. All right. Yeah, I get to travel with my wife, and so we're, we're heading up north and after service, and so I'm looking forward to just a car ride. Anyone else just like car rides? I love them. I love them, especially because it's just her and I, and our kids are not coming. So um, I love you all very much. Um, if you had to guess, and, and I don't, I'm warning you, but if you had to guess what areas of my heart that not even my wife sees the deep areas that I have what would you guess they are don't guess them but what, they just think through like what is it that Pastor Chris needs right now what is it that what are his deep needs that he doesn't even want to tell anybody what are the things that he doesn't even share the things that he's not even comfortable telling or sharing or saying and I know it's just me that has inner things that I never share with people and I know you all share everything that goes on in your heart but but does anyone today know anyone in need like the internal needs, not just the things we see, you know. I think sometimes we, we see somebody in need financially, or we see somebody that needs a kind word, or somebody that needs help, you know, begging their groceries at the store. But I want to talk about a need today that most people desire, and yet 
most people are afraid to help with because to fulfill this need in someone else's life means you have to do something that you and I are horrible at. For us to fulfill this need in someone else's life, you and I have to die to ourselves. Yay! Is it, is it just great to die to yourself? Like just to put others ahead of you? Isn't that just wonderful? I mean, that's the good news, right? How many are just like, that? that is what I love to do. I just love to put myself last. And put that other person... I mean, that's just our natural tendency, right? That's how we're wired. No, it's not. Come on, let's be real. It's, I know for me, it's all about me a lot of times. When I don't even realize. I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, uh, we went over, this was years ago, to a friend's house... And we get to our friend's house, and they invited us. They had built a brand new house. We get there, and it's this gorgeous two-story, yellow kind of Victorian style, kind of my wife's dream house. And a beautiful porch out front, a nice driveway, you know, uh, beautiful scenery. And they up, you know, upstairs they've got this giant great room, and in the great room, it's filled with come on Legos. You know, it's a Lego room. Everybody needs a Lego room in their house. And so this is. I'm just looking at this house. And I'm like, this is incredible. And I'm the way home, I'm, I remember talking to my wife going, man, that'd be kind of nice to have a home like that someday. And as we pulled into our double wide and got in and, you know, our, our appliances were not working well and things were happening, cupboards were falling off. And, and it would be really easy to uh, be envious of this other house. Well, last week uh, I got to go fishing with uh, a friend of mine and, and we did really well. And I have this little 14-foot aluminum boat with a five-horse motor on it. And it's not technically even mine. I just get to use it. It's a family member's and they don't ever use it. So they just let us keep it in our yard. And I walk by my neighbor's and my neighbor has this incredible new nitro bass boat. And for some of you that might not matter, but I'm looking at it going, this is a really sweet boat. It's awesome. It's got a 150 uh, black mercury motor on the back. I'm like, that's got nice takeoff speed. It's it's awesome. And and my neighbor, I don't know, do any of you have neighbors that just love toys? Maybe some of you do. How many have neighbors like that? They just love their toys, man. Like, like, like every week something new showing up. And I'm going, man, I don't have that four-wheeler. I don't have that snowmobile. I don't have, what, what's the thing called? Like the, It looks like a four-wheeler, but it's got a top on. Over. Yeah, one of those. And so it, it's like, I'm looking at that. They've got all of that. And I'm going, well, I got this boat I can use. And, and then last week, for those of you that don't know, this Wednesday, Heather and I celebrate you know, the 20 years of marriage. And, and the thing is, we were supposed to be in Hawaii. I was not supposed to be preaching today, according to Chris's rules. Derek was supposed to be preaching today. God had other plans. We were supposed to be in Hawaii. And so last week, I'm looking on Facebook. And by the way, uh, moral of the story today is don't ever go on Facebook. And so while I'm on Facebook, I look and I see this friend who used to attend our church who lives in Anchorage, Alaska, posting pictures of all these beautiful places she's been and all these hikes and everything. And I'm going, that's really cool. But man, for me, I'm going, oh, we were supposed to be in Hawaii. A few weeks ago, it was scholarship night. And how many know if you are a senior uh, this year, that graduation was just incredible? different this year. By the way, if you don't know me, I'm snarky and sarcastic, so you'll, you'll, you'll get me. And so, one, one of the things is, you know, my daughter received some scholarships, and they played this thing from YouTube, and, and it was pre-recorded, and they played it, and, and I remember looking at it and going, that's awesome, she got, you know, she got a decent amount, but then there was others that had like tens of thousand dollars more of scholarships, and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, that's incredible, that's a lot, like really, really? Let me show you this scripture here in Hebrews. If we have it. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. As is the habit of some, but encouraging, I want you to remember this part of this verse today, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You and I have a God-given command by the author of Hebrews to go and be an encouragement to others. That's what we're called to do. Whether their boat's bigger, whether their house is bigger, whether they're on the trip that you wanted to be on, you're called to encourage. Oh, snap. It's not our natural tendencies. It's not mine. It's not yours. Let me show you another picture here. And if you know who this is, raise your hand. Who, who, who knows what movie this is from? Anybody? Anybody know? Nobody knows what movie this is. Raise your hand. If, do you know what the movie this is from? Nobody. Wow. Okay, so I'm old. This is one of the greatest trilogies of all time, other than, other than Back to the Future. And, and this is Mighty Ducks trilogy. This is number two. Okay, how many remember now? now? See, okay, now it's coming back. You need to watch this again, man. Come on. Great movies. And here's the second movie. And here's what's happening. Here's the scene I want to give to you. You've got Team Iceland and Team USA, which is the Mighty Ducks, essentially, with a few new players. And this is the end of the movie. And so I'm going to give it away to you. If you haven't seen it in years, oh, well, you'll figure it out. It's all Disney movies. They end happy. The good team wins, right? So here they are. And at the end of the movie, it gets into a shootout. And this guy right here in the center is talking to his coach with the cool hair that we all wish we had. He is he is the one that's doing the show. His name's Gunner. And Gunner gets up and he's doing the last shot and the coach of the U.S. team tells the, the goalie what to do and she catches the puck and, and basically Team USA wins it and there's cheering and all of this. Well, this is the scene where Gunner goes back in. How many remember this as I share it? Yeah? Okay. So Gunner goes back in to the, to the bench and his coach here, Mr. Slickhair, says... Hey, uh, you lost it for us. And Gunner just looks at him and goes, No, you lost it for yourself. But the next part of it is the most incredible part, and this is the part I want us to focus on today. Gunner walks out of this, and he goes and talks to all of his teammates, and he says, He says, Let's go shake their hands. And so you see the team, and they all look like giants compared to all the little Davids on Team USA. And they go out and they start shaking each other's head. They were celebrating with them, even though they just beat them. You know, went down to the shootout. He was humble enough to do that and encourage them. I believe that's what God calls us to do. So let me give you a few thoughts and points. We're going to unpack a few things this morning. Uh, first is this. Celebrate what God blesses. Celebrate what God blesses. Look around you. What is it that God's blessing? And let me just say this. If we don't bless what God blesses, we judge what God never intended us to judge. Did you catch that? You with me? You just with me? Say yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I got half of you. So let me get you all back on track. Okay. So here's the deal. Where we're going today is I want to talk to you about how important it is for us to encourage each other. Because every single one in this room has stuff going on in your heart and in your life right now that no one else knows. Even my wife, whom I love, doesn't know everything that's going on in me. We've got to do that. And so what I want to do is we've had so much time focusing in the last few months on a bunch of crap that has hit the fan in our world. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. And so what I desperately want is I want Christ at the center, and I want to be the mouthpiece of that, and I want you to be that as well. And so where we're going is what is it that God is calling us as Christ followers to do? Are we to shut up, stand up, speak up, or sit down? And I think it depends on the context each time. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is to 
to be like this guy and find that need. And I think oftentimes we see that need as somebody who's going, man, it's been bad, it's been awful. But how often today, and I think this would help change our world, is if we see somebody celebrating, we see something happening well, it's going really good for them, we see somebody that has a bigger house, where we go and we celebrate it with them and for them. We're not envious of them, but we go and we bless them. Are you with me? Say yeah. All right, we got more people on board. We're good. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Celebrating others is very important because we're blessing God when we do that. In fact, in Romans chapter 15, verse 2, it says, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. Why? Say it with me. To build him up. We're called to build him up. We're called to build the person up. Well, what if I disagree with him? Oh, I'm not... mm, They disagree with me on stuff. I'm building them up. Forget them. Who are we to say that, guys? Who are we? Well, I I know it all. (laughs) We talked about that. The whole premise of this knowing is the curse when we ate of that fruit. And we all do it all the time. The blessing comes in Christ alone. Nothing that you and I have done nor will ever do. It's only through His grace. Amen. We often view this differently. We often view the person that that needs the help the most. But we don't know the person that needs to celebrate often. And I'll tell you why. I'll unpack this. But I'll be very honest, very vulnerable with you. You know, Pastor Derek and I, we were at a church conference a couple years ago. And one of the... uh, Will you just turn the gain down on this just a little bit, Derek, the red button? Thanks. Just Just a tad. And we were at this church conference. And one of the things is this church we were at was incredible. Thanks. And I'm talking like just phenomenally awesome. It's the second largest church in America. Now, I can compare our church to the second largest church in America, but that's dumb. And and so I'm here at this church, and here's what we had. We were in the overflow room, okay? Like, they have an overflow room built into their church building. Are you kidding me? And so, one of the things that was awesome is their worship team was playing simultaneously with the worship team in the main auditorium. So, like, they were playing the same stuff together, and that might not seem cool to you, but with all technology and all that crazy stuff, for you to do that with, with all your timing and everything being on the same it's incredible and then I found out they're doing it nationwide they're having worship corporately together and all their campuses and everything and we're there and we're watching this and then, and, and then I remember going, and, and I'll, truth be told, I love loud music, okay? If you don't like loud music, you're probably at the wrong church. Like, I, I love loud music. I have youth telling me to turn it down. That's how loud I like my music. I know it's because my children think I'm deaf, but I love loud music. And so, you know, here it is, and we used to be like, if you don't like loud music, whatever. And, and here I am at this church, and, and I go into this chapel, and he has this whole other service set up for people that don't like loud music. They sing hymns, and, and then he goes into the same message, and I thought, you're genius. You're reaching everybody, even the people you disagree with on the platform that God's given you. And so I had a choice right, right to make right then. Pastor Derek didn't know this, but I went to a coffee shop. I sat down, and I could have been jealous and envious, or I could have celebrated what they were doing. And so I don't know if they ever got it, because they're a huge church. And I just emailed the church, and I said, I just want to celebrate, and I just want to say how cool it is that you're doing this, and how awesome it was, because you made us feel special in this place, and you're making others feel special because you're meeting the needs of the generations, multi-generations. And it was incredible. Did they ask for me to do that? No! No! So here's the second part. Don't negate, rather celebrate. 
don't negate, rather celebrate. Oftentimes you won't see it. Oftentimes you won't, you won't know. So you need the foreknowledge and the power of the Holy Spirit to know what's going on inside somebody. If you're a husband, you already depend on that. Every single minute of your life. If you didn't, you wouldn't be alive. Or you're not here. Because she killed you. Romans 12.15. I love this verse. Rejoice with those who what? Say it with me. Rejoice with those who? Rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Okay, we're doing a great job at the weeping with those who weep. Okay, I, I get so many people that come to the church and say, Pastor Grace Church was awesome. I loved it. It was so great. Why? Because I cried the whole time. Great. You cried the whole time. Awesome. Like, we want to be life-giving. Oh, it was so good. And I'm like, and I know God's working on their heart. I'm okay with that. But I'm like, can we just one time, you'd be like, man, I was just laughing so hard at your jokes. I need that to help my esteem. No, like, just, just that power of, like, the Holy Spirit showing up and that positivity. We are good at weeping with those who weep. We suck at rejoicing with those who rejoice. We don't do it. We get envious or we get all weird. We're like, I can't believe God would bless that. Who are we to judge? We're not all knowing. We're not. We often view empathy to feel for the person going through a tough time. But what about the person for whom it's going well? What do we say? We write them off. Well, they're fine. They've got it going just great. How dare we say that? Why not learn to celebrate with those where things are going well? That's what God asks us because it opens up an invitation for those to come and to know Christ. Celebrating others' successes will never damper your own. Ever. It'll only help yours. One thing I see that we all need is cheerleaders in our life. I'm not talking like, you know, pom-poms and stuff. All right? I'm talking like real people that are like, man, you're doing a great job. Hey, you got it. You're, you're doing awesome. That's, man, that decision you made with your business, way to go. Man, you're doing a great job as a parent. Man, as a teacher. Because how many know, there's a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> I mean, maybe just on my Facebook feed where I read. Maybe not on yours. We need that. You see, we need those people. We need those that see the good and then they say it out loud. They call it to life. They see it through the foreknowledge of God. One way to kill someone's celebration or something that God has done in their life or really cool is by bringing you into the equation. We've all done it. Maybe just me. Maybe God's using me as an example, but no one else has ever done this, so maybe it's just me. But we try to one-up them in a story. Anybody been a part of a conversation where you're sharing something really cool that's happened to you? I've been there. I've been there. You know, I was with my, my family this week, and, and I really wanted to share something. Yesterday, I'm with my family, and I love going to the Boundary Waters, and we're there, and they're talking about how far they canoed in a couple days. And honestly, and if you guys are listening, no, I love you. And, and, and I'm going, oh, I could have done better. Yeah. I could have canoed further than that. And I'm talking, like, and my, my other side of the family, Heather's side, they're all ripped, okay? They all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, they're just ripped. And, and here I am, you know, I'm, I'm ripping shirts, you know? And so, like, I'm like, all right. And, and, man, so I'm sitting here listening to this, and every ounce of my being for self-pride and edification wanted to go, well, I did 60 miles in four days, suckers. <laughs> like, but I didn't. Do you know how hard it is to not say that? Come on, you fishermen and fisher ladies. 
You know what I'm talking about. Somebody starts sharing a fish story with you. What's the first thing we do? Oh, dude, let me show you a picture of my fish. Oh, yeah? Let me look at this one. Oh, yeah? And we go back and forth. Like, finally, one of us gives in because we're so competitive. But what if we just stopped and we go, dude, that's an awesome fish, even though it looks like a minnow? Man, that way to go. Cel- genuinely celebrate. What if we did that? It would change our entire lives. You will never, ever, 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 ever know the heart of that person. But when you genuinely celebrate their success, you're not only blessing them, you're blessing God and allowing their heart to be open to receive what God has for them. People are not going to fish for you to celebrate their achievements. Okay? We don't do that in our nation, our culture. You need to do that without an invite to the power of the Holy Spirit showing you what their need is. Lean into that. When you get that little still small voice and you get that little still small voice that says, man, just encourage that person. Do it. Do it. Next point is this. Envy is the enemy of celebrating. Slapstick Theater David and Goliath This is David David was a shepherd who lived in Bethlehem David was chosen by God to be the next king of Israel when he was just a boy But David had to wait a very long time until that promise would come true because there was another king of Israel named Saul. Saul led the armies of Israel. One day, King Saul was with his army near the Valley of Elah. On the other side of this valley, the Philistines, the enemies of Israel, gathered their army ready to fight. The Philistines had a giant warrior named Goliath who challenged the Israelites. Hey! Goliath spoke badly of God and his people. He shouted and taunted them, saying, Choose one man to come down here and fight me. The Israelites and King Saul were very afraid. Meanwhile, David's father sent David to bring some food to his brothers and their captain. Goliath came out of the Philistines' army, and David heard him shout his usual mean taunts to the army of Israel. Oh, what? As soon as the Israelites saw Goliath, they began to run away in fright. See ya. David asked, Who is this Philistine anyway that he has allowed to defy the armies of the living God? David's questions were reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Uh, hi. David said, Don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. Saul said, There's no way you can fight him and win. You're only a boy. Wait. But David told Saul that he had taken care of his father's sheep and rescued them from lions and bears. Then David declared, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So Saul said, All right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. David picked up five smooth stones from a stream. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight Goliath. When Goliath saw him coming, he sneered at him and yelled bad things at David. But David said, You come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. 
Goliath moved closer to attack, and David quickly ran out to meet him. He hurled a stone from his sling and hit Goliath in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. But he knew the power of God and trusted God to win the battle against the giant. Story, man. You know, David and Goliath, if you're not familiar with it, read it in Samuel. It's a phenomenal story of truth. And, and we all face Goliath in our life. And that's, that's for a different message, a different day. Let me ask you this question. Here it is. You've got King Saul. And you've got David, who wasn't king yet. King Saul had been trying for a long time to defeat this Philistine and the Philistine army that set themselves up against the nation of Israel for a very long time. And David, basically a peon according to Saul, and even according to David's family, came and said, Hey, I got it. Sheep are taking care of families, taking care of... I got it. Send me in, coach. Send me in. And he goes and he does this. So let me ask you this question. Do you think... King Saul was grateful that David did this? I mean, he's been trying for a long time. I don't know about you, but I'd be grateful. I hope I would. I hope I would celebrate. Like, David did what I couldn't do. Man, thank you, Lord, for David. Thank you, God, that David came in here just with a rock and straight to his temple knocked the guy out. I mean, that's what I would imagine. Well, let's read what it says in the Bible. Because Pastor Chris is a little off. You realize, by the way, that he couldn't do, King Saul couldn't do in years what David did in minutes. Think he celebrated? 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 5 through 9. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. Oh, that looks good. We're good. Yeah, it looks like King Saul. I mean, he's got his heart right. I mean, way to go, King Saul. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David killed the Philistine, that's Goliath, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing. Look at the just how incredible this celebration was. How awesome. With joyful songs, with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang and catch it. Here it is. What a beautiful tune. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Oh, I thought that was funny. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. I'm shocked. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me, only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time, and I love, I love the NIV. The NIV is like, it's like the VeggieTales version of the Bible sometimes. Like, I love the end here. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. You know what that really means in the Hebrew? You want to know what that means? Saul tried to kill him anytime he could. Oh, we're just going to package it nicely because we don't want there to be blood and death and everything that's there. No, Saul was ticked. He's like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not going to get you. I'm not celebrating. You killed your tens of thousands. He's the king of Israel. Why would you not be so grateful that this thing you couldn't take care of one of your people did? We stink at celebrating. We don't do it. And what happens is we can either become the victor or the victim. Well, what did Saul become? Victim. Victim mentality. I'm done with victim mentality. You can be a victim or a victor and not because of anything you or I have done. 
You know, King David, the entire genealogy line comes to Jesus, the person of the living Christ who gave his life for you and me. Okay? And here's the deal. Your biggest cheerleader, it's not me, it's not your wife, it's not your spouse, it's not your kids. You know who your biggest cheerleader is? It's the Father God who sent his son. Because he goes, man, I look down at them and he looks at us and goes, man, they need help. But I love them. He's like, I, I love even him and her and you and you and you and you and you and you and I mean, even you. And he says, so we've got to come up with a plan. Well, it's a perfect plan predestined by the beginning of time. And so he sends his son, Jesus, to come and to give his life for you and for me. I don't know what more is celebrated because what happens is when we give our life, it says the angels actually celebrate in heaven when that takes place. No other way. That's it. That's it. And so he celebrates that. And so the only way for us, for salvation to work is by taking you out of the equation. You in the equation doesn't work. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So stop trying to put yourself in there. In fact, here's the number to our church, and this is what we ask every week. If you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, text yes. You can text your name if you want. We just want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. If you're going, hey, it's the first time I've ever given my life to Christ, say yes. If you're going, I need to make it right, say yes. We exist for those that need to know the love of Christ still. How many would agree with this statement this morning? Life's not fair. No one. Your life's fair. I'm glad. All right. My life's not always fair. I'm supposed to be in Hawaii. Am I mad about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Am I mad about that or mad about trying to get my refund from American Airlines? Oh, well, I'll let you figure that one out. But I have to remember to be Christ-like. And here's the caveat of the whole equation. You cannot be Christ-like. Only Christ in you can be. That's the equation. You've got to take yourself out of that. Maybe, maybe you can't afford the boat you want. Maybe you're not able to go on the vacation of your dreams. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe your son or daughter didn't get the place on the team you thought they deserved. Maybe you didn't get the promotion you were working for. Or maybe you didn't sell as much as the other guy and he got the promotion. Maybe the other church is bigger than yours. Maybe, maybe they're skinnier than you. Or they have a bigger house than you. Maybe they have more Legos than you have. Can you still bless them? Even if, and even if there are people you disagree with, can you bless them? Can you celebrate with them? Well, Pastor Chris, I can celebrate with those that think like me, but those that don't, well, that's why I'm teaching this right now. Because we're called to celebrate, because what it brings is an invitation for people to come to loving, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can you be proud of them? Can you be proud of somebody else? And not worry about your story for once. Just let them share it. That's what God calls us to do, is to celebrate. Because it brings about the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants it to bring about. And so I challenge you today to... Let me give you one last verse here this morning. That's kind of become a verse that I've seen a lot of pastors actually share in the last couple of weeks. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. 
And I think we do pretty good there. I think we go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I don't say anything negative. But listen to this next part. I think we miss this part because we get so focused on the beginning of that verse. But only, so in other words, only talk such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. House, promotion, whatever, scholarship. Why? That it may give grace to those who hear. Grace is the reception and receiving of something you and I don't deserve. And that's Christ. That it may give grace to those who hear. So when are we supposed to shut up, stand up, sit down, listen? It's right in this verse, Ephesians 4.29. It's right here. Let no corrupt talk come out of our mouths. But when we talk, let's build it up for others so that they might know the grace of God. We pray for you today. I'm going to invite Pastor Derek up to close out service. God, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for each person that's watching online. I thank you for what you're doing in and through our church. I thank you for the fact that we get to celebrate, that we get to have service together, Lord. That we get to be together, which is so important. Lord, we want to celebrate you. I thank you, Jesus, that you love us and you meet us right where we need to be met. God, would you just give us opportunities this this week to celebrate those that need, those that are successful, those that we look at and maybe we envy. Would you allow us not to envy? Because that's the enemy of celebrating. And would you allow us to celebrate with them and for them and to speak life and to be their cheerleader? Will you give us those opportunities to live out this message today during this week? God, we thank you for our life. We thank you for you, God, sending your son, Jesus, that loves us dearly. We thank you in your name. Amen. Come on, can we give God just some applause this morning? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.